Welcome to Milkman Sports, delivered fresh daily with your hosts, Casey Avila and Derek DeRuder. Welcome back to Milkman Sports, everyone. My name is Casey, and I am here with Garrett and Mike. Red is out tonight, so we got Mike substituting in, and we're here to go over the Thursday night football game and then uh, mostly here to preview the last six games on the week two slate. Uh, we got a lot to talk about, so we're going to jump right in. Mike, what's up, brother? You know, just another beautiful week, waiting for some football on Sunday, win me some more fantasy matches. How about you guys? I'm good, man. I'm going to watch some college football tomorrow, too. One of my best friends lives around the corner for me. He's a big Texas A&M fan. He went to school out there. So I watched them last week lose to Appalachian State. They play the University of Miami tomorrow. So I'll be watching that, scouting uh, Devin Achain, the running back there, seeing if he's going to be a dynasty asset or not. Gee, what you got uh, What you got going on, man? It's Friday night. Oh, you know, sipping on my water out of my Yeti cup. Having oh, a good yeah. Good old night. Uh, hard to believe you're drinking water on a Friday, but I guess we uh, drank beers yesterday, so we kind of made up for yeah, it. Yeah, you know how it goes. Um, yesterday's beer was a little interesting. I'd say, yeah, we drank beers during this Chargers-Chiefs game, and final score was Chiefs 27, Chargers 24. And obviously we'll get to the fantasy stuff here. The biggest thing that happened in this game is Justin Herbert dealing with some kind of rib injury today. They said fractured rib cartilage, which, Garrett, from our days in sports medicine, that doesn't sound right to me, right? Like, can you That's fracture impossible. your – Yeah, like that's not a right, uh, very good medical terminology. So my guess is that he's damaged the cartilage in his ribs, maybe broke a rib too. It's probably a little bit of both. Yeah, there's something going on there, whether like the cartilage is separated from the sternum or from the actual rib itself or maybe the cartilage between the ribs – um, there's just like too much to tell it's a rib injury. Like regardless, it's a rib injury. Um, something happened and it's going to hurt every time that he gets hit every time that he breathes. Um, like this is an injury that's going to hurt, but he's a tough guy. He's probably going to play through it. Yeah. yeah it's a little early. early and, I, and, I'm no, and I'm no doctorizer or anything, but, uh, I got real sick one time and I like popped a rib out of place. And I was the biggest baby in the world. I went to the doctor. I was like, can I get something to help me sleep at night? I can't imagine messing up my rib cage and then going out there and throwing dimes. Yeah, I cracked a rib actually in a high school football game years ago, and it was not fun to deal with for a couple of days. So if he's out there playing the NFL, taking he took quite a few hits after he injured himself too. Um, he finishes uh, – 334 pass yards, three touchdowns, did have the pick. But overall, in, in our listener league, he ends up scoring over 24 points. Um, I Yeah, I think it's a little early to tell exactly what's going on with him. So, obviously, we're kind of in wait-and-see mode. If it's a rib injury, quarterbacks are generally able to play through those more often than not. I guess it does depend on the severity, and we don't fully know that. But I would say he will probably be good to go for – uh, week three, but we'll have to keep an eye on it. Otherwise, he's an ob obvious locked-in QB1 no matter right. what. And on the uh, upside, the upside there is that he is on the long rest. So right, right. Time to maybe get in there, practice. Uh, one thing I did see, though, was the x-rays came up positive for having that dog in him. Yeah, no kidding, man. He's 
He's a baller. You don't see guys get injured like that and continue to play at the level that he did in the moments that he was doing too. Like he would have, he probably should have come out of that game, but he wanted to stick out there. So fuck it and fuck him. I've seen Derek Carr do it year in and year out. (laughs) Well, uh, we were just talking a minute ago before the podcast started about Austin Eckler's usage, 14 carries, 39 yards, gets 10 targets, catches nine for 55 did not get used at the goal line much. We saw a little bit of, I think, Josh Kelly and Sony Michelle get some goal line carries. Xander Horvath catches a touchdown for the second week in a row. He's the fullback. We don't expect him to do this often, so no reason to chase the points. I think it's just alarming that Eckler's not getting a lot of red zone usage. But uh, 23 touches, 10 targets in a game like this, that's why he's got the PPR upside is even when he doesn't you know, have a whole lot of yards, nine catches, it's a nine points right there. You know he's going to get other touches too, so... I don't know. Still RB1 for you guys too, right? Yeah. Roll him up with RB1. He got 10 receptions. Um, Horvath is not going to get that look every week. I know it's been two weeks in a row, but that's just like a kind of a goal line play uh, where he's been just open. I'm assuming teams are going to key in on that and kind of cover that (laughs) going forward, but... I'm not concerned about Josh Kelly or Sonny Michelle on this offense. Mike Williams, welcome back. Um, you were on yeah. the milk carton last week, but dog, you're back. Uh, we expected this though with Keenan Allen out and nobody respectable behind you, Josh Palmer and DeAndre Carter. Leave them on the waiver wire, um, unless you're absolutely hurting that receiver. Yeah, Josh Palmer played 91% of snaps, caught four passes for 30 yards and a touchdown on eight targets. I suppose he's worth rostering, but. You know, you look at Mike Williams, eight catches, 113, and a touchdown. It seemed like Gerald Everett was the next guy up. Ten uh, targets, caught six for 71. He was also the culprit on that pick six that Justin Herbert threw. He was gassed as hell. I'm sure a lot of people have seen that clip where he was trying to come off the field. They were doing up-tempo. He ran out there, ran half of his route. Pass gets picked, and he didn't even attempt to tackle the guy in front of him. From a fantasy perspective, though, 10 targets, six catches for 71 yards. That's a pretty much a tight end one just about every week. And if he's getting 10 targets, you know some of those are going to be in the red zone. So I'm firing him up as a – he should not be sitting on your waiver wires anymore. No, not at all. I like Gerald. He should be on everyone's team. Uh, looking like a tight end one week in and week out right now. Yeah. Yeah, it Mike. definitely appears that he's their, their number one option at the tight end position. So – he comes from good stock. He was drafted reasonably well, if I remember correctly. But he's a second round pick of the Rams several years ago, spent yeah. a year in Seattle uh, last year with Russ Wilson injured. He's just kind of finally had all the everything fall right for him. He was competing with Donald Parham for targets during camp. Parham's still injured, hasn't played. So Everett's got that job all to himself and he's making the most of it. Yeah. I mean, you figure he's going on year six in the league. Uh, no, no better time than now to, to pop off. So on the ch- Chiefs side, though, Mahomes didn't have a great day, Mike. 235, two touchdowns. This was a close divisional game, though. Um, there was some success for Edwards Hilaire on the ground, I guess. But um, I think biggest thing to gleam out of this is besides Travis Kelsey, who I would say had a slow day, five catches, 51 yards. But that's still probably about as bad as he's going to do. So if that's his worst game of the year, take it. But these other receivers, though, Justin Watson, 
catches two passes for 50 yards and a touchdown. Hardman's catches three passes for 49 yards. Juju Smith only catches three passes for 10 yards, only three targets. Even Valdez Scantling, seven targets, two catches, 13 yards. These receivers are concerning to me, and we talked about this. Sounding the alarm bells right now. They're all going to take their turns, and honestly, none of them even had a big week this week. Yeah, it's bad, other than Travis Kelsey. Yeah, I think the big concern here is that you have nobody stepping up to take that true alpha role. This was Tyreek Hill's bread and butter for how many years with Patrick Mahomes? It's uh, backyard football is what Patrick Mahomes played with Tyreek Hill. Now he has nobody to play backyard football with. Run straight, run fast. The ball will be in the air eventually. There's nobody running down there to get that ball right now. Yeah, that's how just, Watson scored. They just don't. Uh, they just don't really have any consistent options in this offense yet to really lean on. So if you're going to play Juju, it's probably more as like a flex, like wide receiver for Valdis Scantling's like a low flex wide receiver for Hardman's probably not playable. Watson is not going to do this very often. I guess Edward Tolaire was the one who had a decent day, only eight carries, but made the most of it. 74 yards, four targets caught four for 44 yards. Jerick McKinnon did still that late touchdown. Uh, touchdown catch. So I feel like that, you know, McKinnon, he played uh, 47% of snaps. It's almost half the game. Edward Tillaire played 44. So McKinnon actually was in a little bit more, but you can tell just by the usage, like Edward Tillaire is the one who's getting the touches. Just not a high ceiling there because they're not good. looks like they're not going to really give him heavy workloads. Right. Last week he had 10 touches. This week he has 12. So he's kind of like in that, yeah, mid RB2 category hopefully he scores a touchdown but in ppr um he scored almost 16 points in our listener league it's not the worst week you know i gotta i gotta say though when it comes to clyde edwards alaire if this was a closer game if this was kind of the game that we all thought that the chiefs and the chargers would be i think he has a better day i i think he was just kind of a victim of game planning because once they got to that point where there was a minute and a half left and he snaps off that 50-yard run, there wasn't really a point for him to shove it into the end zone. Chargers absolutely got it back, and he could have been on the field to get that touchdown afterwards. But it didn't seem like when he got that 50-yard run and he slid down that that was on his mind. Because even he was surprised. He was in ball protection mode. They were trying to, right. <laughs> to run out the clock. And this guy's just like, oh, man, I guess I'm going to keep running. Yeah, he's like covering that ball up. It's like when you uh, – I forget what button you hold in Madden when you cover the ball up. Like he was doing that thing. He was definitely so, concerned. Uh, <laughs> he did not want to put that one on the ground. So right. hopefully we see better days from him. The 12 t- uh, touches, he certainly has an opportunity to see more than that, like on a, to even average more than that. He right. could average closer to 15. But, yeah, he had an efficient week, but um, – you know, did not probably win you your league this week, is my guess, without uh, high yardage or touchdown points going on. All right, let's get into our first preview. And we have the 0-1 Bengals at the 0-1 Cowboys. Sorry, Mike. I know Dak Prescott's out. We got Cooper Rush here starting. We're going to see how that goes. Guy was on the practice squad a week ago. See, this um, is where I lift up my Cowboys jersey. And secretly all along, I've been a Bengals jersey. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you rip off that star, and then you got a number nine Joe Burrow under under your chest. Joe Shiesty. Uh, 
baby. Yeah. Well, since you're the Cowboys fan, we always let the fan go last. So, Garrett, I want you to talk first about the Cowboys here. Cooper Rush is 219 and a half pass yards. Over under. Or under. You think it's under, huh? Oh, my gosh. Like, please get me out of this game. Like, I don't even want to watch it. I, it's not going to be pretty. Um, I don't think Cooper Rush can put together a solid drive. Um, we talked last week. CD Lamb was like beside himself, <laughs> upset, running his routes. I just don't expect anything good this week. But well, still... I want to point out. I want to point out. Cooper Rush started one game last week or uh, last year, excuse me, against Minnesota week eight. And he completes 24 out of 40 passes, 325, two touchdowns and a pick. It's not the worst day to score 20 fantasy points. I know that he's like, uh, you know, practice squad QB, this and that. I don't know if his floor is that low, though. Like, what do you what do you think, Mike? So this is going to be the game where – Kellen Moore needs to show off how he's going to run this offense. The The truth is that you don't have Amari Cooper from last year for Cooper Rush to throw to. They're leaning heavily on CeeDee Lamb, and I, I love CeeDee Lamb, but the truth is, and I, I flash back to when you guys had this conversation about who's going to be the number one wide receiver, and Red said it was going to be Justin Jefferson. You said it was going to be Cooper Cup. G, you said Devontae Adams, and the comment was made like, oh, if Mike was here, he said C.D. Lamb. I'd love to say C.D. Lamb, but it's just the truth is he's never been that guy in this league. hes I don't think he's ever finished in the top 10 in any metric. So, unfortunately, even though I'm a Cowboy fan, I got to be realistic. Unless Zeke Elliott and Tony Pollard just run the floor, I just don't know if the Cowboys got enough to stick with Joey Burrow. Mark Chase, T. Higgins, Joe Mixon. Like, this, this is a tough Bengals team. They're not a slouch. So, CeeDee Lamb played 97% of snaps uh, last week against Tampa Bay. 11 targets, only two catches for 29 yards. Now, some people say, well, Dak got hurt. Well, Dak got hurt in the very late fourth quarter. Right. So, CeeDee Lamb was not having a good game the entire game. Now, He's I probably going to bounce back at, from this. I would push you to look at game one last year when they played Tampa Bay. And CD went uh, seven of fifteen for one hundred four and a touchdown. Two very different CD Lambs was on the field. Yeah, that's true. I didn't realize that they opened the season the last two years against each other. That's fascinating. Yeah. Um, yeah, he had fifteen targets in last year's week one. So you know, one hundred four and a touchdown. He definitely opened up strong. I would say that he he's going to do better than two catches for twenty nine yards. But his over under is fifty six and a half. Garrett, uh, I know you're you're under on Cooper Rush's two nineteen and a half. How do you feel about this? Um, breaking news: Albert Pujols hit six ninety eight. Red. Oh, so, uh, away. And we know Red's watching that game right now. <laughs> and uh, I just gotta let Red know that I'm gonna be in LA on Sunday next week watching the game, and wow. uh, I have a chance to see some history. Ooh, but anyway, <laughs> what was the uh, what was that over under number? Fifty six and a half for CD Lamb. For CD, I like over. Um, there's really no one else in the offense to take too much away from him in terms like receiver wise. Uh, we can go to running backs, Zeke and 
uh, Pollard, and then the tight end Dalton. But in terms of receivers, like there's just no one there to really. Everyone uh, definitely compete behind him. Like they're they're tier underneath him by, well, maybe a couple. Everyone definitely gets pushed down this list with Cooper Rush as the starting quarterback, even though he had the decent game against Minnesota last year. Uh, that's probably not going to be a stat line more often than not. So CeeDee Lamb goes from being like a you know low-end, strong wide receiver one, like where he was drafted at. Right now he's probably a mid wide receiver two. I was thinking like what? three wide receiver three. Yeah, I would say mid, mid, to, mid to low. Like I think mid is like his ceiling. Um, I think we should just not expect to see a whole lot. With I mean, here, here's the here's the unfortunate truth. If you have C.D. Lamb on your roster, you drafted him in such a way that you're starting him. You're right. going to have a bad Absolutely. time. Absolutely. Unfortunately, you're just going to have a bad time, but you're too invested to not start him. Unless, unless you had an amazing draft and you're in a circus league, you're going to have to start C.D. Lamb, and if he gets you more than 12 points that's kind of what it is there's a chance that cooper rush could come in and just relentlessly target cd lamb i i don't know if that's what i would expect my guess is that they will probably run the ball a lot and then just spread the ball out in the passing game so i'm looking at dalton schultz with 41 and a half receiving yards over under um he's someone i think could hit that over he doesn't usually catch a bunch of long passes he's kind of more of a volume guy so i could see him as like with five six catches and hitting over 41 and a half but some of these other receivers are probably not playing noah brown anyway you might be rostered not playing them um between the running backs zeke elliott he's actually projected 51 and a half rush yard and pollard is 30 and a half i don't know like it looked like they split that backfield up a little more yeah they split that backfield up quite a bit last year in terms of snap percentage. Tony Pollard, only six carries for eight yards, has two catches for 14. Uh, Zeke Elliott played 58% of snaps. They're basically playing a little more than half the game. They're on the field a few times together. That was a weird game against Tampa Bay. I kind of feel like Zeke is going to get the chance to bounce back. Pollard, I would not be playing him as a flex this week. Zeke's probably just like a high-end RB2. Um, I do expect heavy usage out of the run game while they try to hide Cooper Cup's uh, Cooper rushes inefficiencies. Correct bad. me if I'm wrong here, but is Dallas's offensive line banged up, Mike? Uh, or just just bad? Correct, correct me if I'm wrong, but go to hell. <laughs> uh, no, I think <laughs> you know, they, uh... Uh, And, you know, I'm just sitting here thinking the only way that in my mind, as just some asshole who sits on the couch and watches football, the only way that you really open up this offense right now is getting the ball out super quick because you're not going to have a great offensive line to protect. And honestly, maybe you bring in Tony Pollard, flex him out wide, get another guy with hands on the field. That's going to be kind of quick. Keep Zeke in the backfield. Try to get CD lamb off of a double coverage. Cause if I'm an, if I'm a defensive coordinator this week, C.D. Lamb is going to have two friends on that field at all times, and I'll handle the rest. Yeah, just to hand, uh, answer your question there, Garrett. So they're still obviously missing Tyron Smith. Connor McGovern, their starting left guard. This is the guy that's filling in for Tyler Smith, who's playing left tackle. That's their rookie first-round pick. So Connor McGovern is essentially the backup left guard. He got hurt and has not practiced all week. I would expect him to not play. So 
Um, yes, I would say they are a little bit more banged up on the offensive line this week than they were last week, too. So just to well, I mean, right. if you want to go into full detail. <laughs> uh, OK, so let's get to the Bengals, because we were talking about, you know, the Cowboys are probably going to get crushed. Uh, Joe Burrow's listed here, 266 and a half pass yards over under. Mm, I kind of feel like he's going to get right around that. I could actually see a little less. There's a chance that they just run the ball really well and don't need to overwhelm them in the passing game. Right. I'd say Burrow, though, is like a low-end QB1 this week, and you could play Chase, obviously, as a high-end wide receiver one. Higgins is the one that's coming off of that concussion. He is questionable. Um, he did practice uh, today. But the questionable tag, you never know with concussions, something to keep a close eye on. If Higgins sits, well, if Higgins plays, he's a wide receiver too, probably. But if he sits, Tyler Boyd becomes that wide receiver too. You guys agree? Yeah, I think he can step into that role. He is uh, listed, Higgins is listed at 56 and a half receiving yards. And right now Boyd is 38 and a half. Um I would be hitting the over on Boyd right now because even if Higgins does play, I don't know. Like he may not play the full snaps. Who knows? Yeah. Other Boyd, it's hard, hard to tell. To... It says he played eighty percent of snaps, but it's hard to tell. Like, well, did he play eighty percent because Higgins was out? Like, how much would he have played if everyone right. was in? Um, they do tend to run some three, plenty of three receiver sets there. So, um, Boyd, though, I'm not starting him unless unless uh, Higgins is out. Um, Hayden Hurst, eight targets, five catches, 46 yards, streamable tight end this week. Yeah. Um, I don't think he's, uh, maybe, maybe streamable, low end streamable. If you're in a position where you need to start Hayden Hurst, I think you're in the kind of position where you just need to start somebody with upside, but I think Hayden Hurst is upside. It's, it's Joe Burrow. He probably right. gives you what he gets last week, ten points, yeah. and that's like that's, that's cool. You know, you you take it. You know, yeah. you take it ten could points. Be, and... Could be worse. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I've and then we're... <laughs> yeah, it could be David and Joku one for one. Yeah, like, absolutely. Two yards or something. Uh, I think last week I started um, the Detroit Lions tight end. Oh, Hawkinson. Uh, yeah, he didn't yeah, Hawkinson. Too much. Man, he didn't do he didn't do a thing. So I mean, and, and Hayden Hurst is a guy that's probably on your waiver wire. Yeah, you can go scoop him up if you're hurting for a decent tight end option. You know, for this week, Hurst is not the worst dart throw. Like you said, the upside is him being tied to Joe Burrow, no matter what. So you're telling me there's a chance he gets a 35, 40 yard touchdown? Yeah, yeah. Why not? Um, okay, so Joe Mixon, we were going to obviously fire up as an RB1. I guess I'm just curious over under. So right now he is listed at 71 and a half rush yards over under G. For Joe Burrow? For Joe Mixon. I'm sorry. Did I say Burrow? <laughs> yeah, I was like, how many Joe's like, on this? Too many Joe's on this damn offense. Joe Mixon, I'm sorry. 71 okay. and a half rush yards. Um, I think that's pretty close. He might hit the over here uh i think cincinnati's gonna win the game inevitably and that just means game script joe mixon run the ball um so i would take the over and be comfortable starting him rb1 you good with that too mike 71 and a half is what i said i think right you think he's over or under yeah i i'm gonna be a dirty loyalist here i'm gonna say under And, and my reasoning there is 
You got Mike Parsons on there. You got Leighton Vander Esch in there. I mean, there's a lot of banged up spots on this team, but that line, you got some quick, quick D linemen out there. Demarcus Lawrence is still out there punishing people. If there's one thing that that defense needs to do right, they got to lock up Joe Mixon. I don't know if they can do it, but I want them to. So I'm going to be a dirty loyalist. So I'm going to take the under on it. Yeah, Mixon, he had uh, quite a few touches. He ended up with 34 touches overall this past game. That's as high as you'll see from most running backs yeah. all season. So he'll probably come down from that a little bit. But the usage, that's what we've been preaching with him all year long is – He's got um, elite usage in that offense as the clear three down back. No one really stealing any touches. Are you talking talking about a combined rushing and receiving on that over-under? No, that's just rushing. Oh, just rushing. Yeah, under. I was going to say, if you're talking about a combined, I'm taking the over. Yeah, I think think you can hit the over. I think the Bengals will get out early and then just start running the ball, and Mixon will be the beneficiary for that. All right, uh, next game, we have the 0-0-1 Houston Texans. We've got that tie out right there in the first week of the season. Um, and then they are at the Denver Broncos. Looks like a sunny game, so no weather interferences. And, Mike, we'll have you go first this time. What are you thinking of uh, Russell Wilson? Because they obviously lost to Seattle, that weird fourth down call where they were going to go for it, and they decided to kick the field goal and all that. I kind of feel like they're going to be ready to stomp the Texans. You know, they have to be. Um, I saw a thing uh, on Twitter the other day. And it said that the AFC South, not a single team won a game last week. I was going to bring that up. Yeah, not a single team. Uh, like, well, we got a couple of tied teams and a couple winless yeah. teams, I guess. So it's, uh, I think if there's a game that they can bounce back from, this kind of has to be it. it. Russell Wilson has to go out there and he needs to just put on a clinic. He. Russell Wilson needs to go onto the field against the Houston Texans. He needs to channel his inner Geno Smith. <laughs> yeah, he man. Russ, Russ didn't have the worst fantasy game last week. He was all right, but uh, he just didn't didn't really flash. He finished as the number 13 fantasy quarterback, so yeah. just outside that QB1 range. Um, I think that this is the week for him for sure to bounce back against the Texans. They are on paper one of the worst teams in the league. This uh, is their tune-up game. You know, every year Alabama, LSU, all these guys go out there and they play just a, a nothing team. This has to be that team for Denver so they can get their head right and Russell Wilson can show for $250 million, you guys made the right choice. Right, yeah, I think that he should have a good game, but it did seem fascinating to me that uh, Jerry Judy was the one that – well, I think Cortland Sutton also had, like, a healthy amount of targets. Um, Judy finishes with seven, and then Cortland Sutton is sitting here with also seven. To me, it just felt like Judy was a little bit more involved. Maybe it was because he caught the big touchdown. Right. Um, there is a chance that we might have flip-flopped these receivers. I was kind of talking Judy up more and then came around on Cortland Sutton during training camp. But I've always been a big proponent of Jerry Judy. Went to Alabama, first-round pick. They got a great uh, history of pumping out solid receivers out of that that program, especially the first-round picks. So we could see Judy more as the 1A and Sutton as the 1B, but even amount of targets right now, I think you could just kind of treat them both the same. Um, 
or at least put them in a class together. I think they could both end up being like mid wide receiver twos. Yeah, and, I would agree. Uh, yeah. Uh, they're just, they were literally drafted back to back. So it's like, and they're still, I think, sitting kind of in the same spot. I think Sutton can have the same week that Judy just had. And it's going to be like a 1A, 1A thing where it's flip flop back and forth. So it's hard to see. We'll keep following the volume and see what happens with um, the receivers here. I don't really like anybody else. Hamler um, is just, is he hurt also? Or is he just falling out of out of love? Anyone know? Was he did KJ Hamler get hurt? Yeah. I KJ Hamler to me has always just kind of been a, a, a guy on the squad. I mean, hell, they they took him to play quarterback at one point. So I just I don't know if he's really gonna be a guy that they kind of game plan around. It seems like Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy are their go-tos, but I think it I think it really is Cortland Sutton who is the bell of the ball here. You figure on four catches, he had 10, 10 and a half yards as an average yard per catch. But if you take away Judy's 67-yard bomb, he had 25 yards over three catches. And, I mean, that's, what is that, eight-ish? yards so i i think you got Cortland sutton who's really gonna make it count but for me personally jury is out on these receivers i i need to see a little bit more not not a lucky 67 yard bomb i need to see something that matters well we're starting both sutton and judy um yeah and hamler to clarify i don't think you guys could hear me my microphone was acting up i was trying to chime in there but hamler's injured looks like he's not uh not going to play this week or he's not going to be a factor i would just kind of count him out it looks like albert o would be like the next guy up to be the number three but uh six targets i would rely more on javante williams yeah yeah Yeah, well he he's not going to get 12 targets a game that's a good transition to get to the run game here he uh Seven carries, but 11 catches. My guess is that that will kind of go the other way. Those those targets and receptions will turn into rush attempts. But it did feel clear that he was the uh, passing down of choice because uh, Melvin Gordon only sees two guards, uh, targets, catches both of them for 14. We did see a little bit of Mike Boone, but he only played 5% of snaps. He's not really worth mentioning in fantasy. Uh, Javante Williams being the receiving back was kind of a new revelation, though. We didn't know exactly what to see there. So um, he gets a bump for me in PPR leagues. He's like a high-end RB2 now. Um, right now he is predicted for 56.5 rush yards, the same exact as Melvin Gordon. Uh, Mike, what do you think between these two? Which one of them ends up with the higher rushing game? Between Javante and uh, Melvin Gordon? Yeah, they have the same over-under in this game. It's, it's, I think this is a, um, a creature of opportunity who has the opportunity to run harder, run faster, farther, catch a few balls. I lean Javante Williams because he's the younger guy, but Melvin Gordon has a habit of making sure that you remember his name. Yeah, he had 10 carries versus Williams just having the seven. And I think that if the Broncos really do get ahead here, they're going to probably let Melvin Gordon just punish the Houston defense. And so I don't think it would be crazy to see Melvin Gordon finish with more rush yards. I'm not talking about overall yards. 
Right. Um, so let's say this. So Javante Williams is projected like 83, uh, like 83 total yards. And I don't think that Melvin Gordon is even, oh, they have him at like 68. So they think that Melvin Gordon is clearly going to have the lesser game, but then to, at least on the, on the ground could be about the same. And I could see that. Yeah. I actually think that Gordon could end up outrushing. I don't think I would take the over for either of these guys here, no. May, but, no. but if I was, it'd probably be for Williams. Um, and then I'm kind of leaving the rest of the Denver alone. Albert O, maybe, it, you know, when you get six targets, it's uh, worth looking at. But they had a lot of their t- other tight ends involved, too. So I don't there's know. One, how much there's I'm one league that I'm absolutely going to be starting, Cortland Sutton, because I also traded for Russell Wilson. This is a dynasty league. So um, obviously, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hope for the upside. But I, I agree with you. Aside from the main few guys, this team probably not going to start much because nobody's a nobody's a big name that's going to go out there and shake it up well, right let's talk about the other side that's absolutely shitty and deserves about five seconds <laughs> yeah, Next Burke gonna, head baby i was gonna say yeah i think the biggest thing uh well first off oj howard catching two touchdowns last week he just signed with the texans like a week before he played 17 percent of snaps only two targets caught both of them for two touchdowns don't chase that it's not going to happen maybe he develops into their starting tight end and he becomes useful but he is not a top tier tight end in fantasy so do not make an extra effort to go get him not going to be a big deal um brandon cooks 35 fab bucks for him if you're in a position where you're looking at him and you want him on your team by all means like you're in a bad spot. Yeah, I mean, two touchdowns in week one. There's obviously worse pickups, but I just don't think this is very repeatable. This is like Xander Horvath scoring two touchdowns in two weeks for the Chargers. Not going right. to happen. Absolutely. And and then Brandon Cooks. I, I when I uh, watched the film on the Texans Colts game the other day, I'm still finishing the rest of uh, week one's games, but I felt like there was a strong concerted effort to get the ball to Brandon Cooks. In the past game, he had 12 targets, and it was noticeable. Caught seven for 82. Love that for his floor, so I'll keep firing him up as a wide receiver, too. Um, that's volume-based. But the thing that really stuck out to me was um, Damian Pierce did start the game. I think he played pretty much the entire first drive. But right after that, like it became very apparent that Rex Burkhead was the lead back there. He ended up um, playing 71% of snaps. Pierce plays 29 so I don't care who's the starter in name that uh, that backfield belongs to Rex Burkhead. And he got a He was involved, not just running the ball, 14 carries, 40 yards. He had eight targets, caught five for 30. So he really didn't do a whole lot. But the fact that he's getting 19 touches had, you know, a few more targets that he missed out on. He's someone that I think you could if he's on your waiver wire, he's a you could pick him up and play him in a flex spot this week. And I wouldn't hesitate in a little even a little bit. We got played. Damian Pierce's RB1. Yeah, that's right. Like, I just I didn't get him in a lot of leagues. I felt like it was getting a little overhyped. I just don't really like this offense in general, so I was kind of yeah. steering clear. But it's a shiny turn. Um, I'll say this: like may, perhaps they'll they'll change their offense in week two, and Pierce gets more touches. But that was a close game. The the Texans were not getting blown out. It went to overtime in in a tie. So. Um, that's something I guess to consider is maybe Burke had got a few more touches than he normally would because there's an extra 10 minutes of game time. But um, even before overtime, it was clear that he was the the lead guy. And just being a, a veteran, at least until maybe midseason, Pierce starts taking over. I think at least for now, Burkehead, you can 
use as like a, a solid flex guy who's volume based. And Davis Mills, you're obviously not playing in one quarterback leagues. Super flex. This is not the best matchup. Patrick Sertan, the second, looked really good for Denver last week. So if he ends up shutting Brandon Cooks down, then they're kind of out of options in the past game. So steer clear. <laughs> right. All right. Let's get to the Arizona Cardinals at the Las Vegas Raiders. Garrett, you're the Raider fan, so you got to shut up for a minute. Yeah, <laughs> buddy. We got uh, Kyler Murray, 256 and a half pass yards. Uh, what's his rushing over under? Let's see. Um, 30 and a half. So they expect him to have close to like 300 yards of total offense. This is a good week for him. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm He's missing a bunch torn, of receivers. I'll say that still, I'm still dealing with some with injuries. Kyler Murray right now because he didn't, Kyler Murray didn't look good against Kansas city. He looked bad. He looked very uncomfortable. Uh, less than 200 yards passing. It wasn't a good time for him against Kansas City. Is a good team, but so is Arizona. Is supposed to be a good team too. So you got some banged up receivers out here. I don't know. I don't know if Kyler Murray is going to be anything special this week. I think he kind of gets mid range QB one points, 20, 25 points, probably what you're going to look at. So he's a fine start. I just don't think he's going to be the Kyler Murray that we want to see. Not against this Raiders team that's probably looking to make a statement. Probably looking to feature Devontae Adams real hard. Probably going to try to go in there and mess up Arizona. Yeah, I think that Kyler Murray is probably, until we see a little bit more, he's not like that high-end quarterback one that we want him to be. He's certainly a fantasy starter. Put him out there no no matter what. But, yeah, he may not have that, you know, 70-yard rushing with, you know, rushing touchdown and then another 250 and two passing touchdowns. So um, you're still firing up, firing him up as a QB1, but especially while his receiver's a little weak. Obviously, Hopkins is suspended. Rondell Moore is injured. A.J. Green can't really – play well anymore greg dorch who is um you know probably one of the last guys to make their roster on that 53 man roster he might have been guy number 53 ends up playing 91 percent of snaps nine targets seven catches for 63 yards when you're throwing to greg dorch as much as you are right there he's playing 91 percent of snaps that's concerning to me right so i mean uh, here, here's my question that's gonna sound like a joke but it's kind of serious is it double xp weekend in call of duty Ah, you know, I, I don't play Call of Duty, so I, I like, can't tell you, but like it's a it's a joke, but is is it a joke anymore? Well, I think I saw it, and I don't know if it was like I this think is there's a true like stat or not, but it said that he's basically winless on uh, weekends where there's double XP. Could be a total coincidence. It could have just been a meme, and it could have you know could have been full of shit. But I right. didn't get the sense that it was. So yeah, I guess uh, we should check to see if Call of Duty's doing double XP this weekend. That would be hilarious if if he lost another one like that. Um, so Marquise Brown, though, still the number one receiver there. And even though he didn't have a great day, he's 95, uh, 95% of snaps, gets six targets, catches four for 43, but he got the touchdown, which saved his day. I think this is kind of like his floor. You know, I, I've talked about him as a big breakout candidate this season. His over under for this week is 61 and a half. I'm smashing the over. I think he could definitely do better than that. Yeah. And, um, the other receivers I'm steering clear of even Greg Dortch. Maybe if you want to play him in DFS, you can 
you know, take your chances. Zach Ertz is even a little banged up right now, or he was, I guess he was taken off the injury report officially today with that calf injury. I don't think there was any concern about him missing the game, but just the lingering injury doesn't help. He uh, did catch a touchdown last week, but only two catches for 14 yards. Um, probably better days ahead. I would say that you're definitely starting him if you've got him, unless some reason you got him as your second tight end behind one of the elite options. But let, let's get to James Conner, though, who played 72% of snaps, 10 carries, had six targets, caught five of them, did not have a great day, did score a rushing touchdown, which helped them out a little bit. Right now he is the number 21 running back in fantasy. I think this is a bounce-back opportunity for him, G. Yeah, uh, I would probably still be starting – Kyler James, Marquise, and Zach Ertz this week against Vegas, who does have a better and improved defense. Um, well, last week they were number 28 in fantasy, the Raiders defense. So on paper, this well, looks like a good matchup for for Connor. But it's so there's such a small sample size, it's hard to really take these rankings kind of seriously sometimes, especially on defense. Sure. Um, yeah, it. Uh, I think that he could have a bounce back week versus the Raiders. However, um, I think the Raiders, like Micah said, is going to make kind of a statement. I don't know how much more that they can profile Devontae Adams or showcase him more than they did last week. But hell, if they can do more than that, then I'm cool with it. Well, he's absolutely your centerpiece. Absolutely. Yeah, he is uh... – Devontae Adams projected 92 and a half receiving yards last week, 17 targets cut catches 10 of them for 141 and a touchdown. I believe I saw part of a press conference this week where this will be the first time he's got his grandparents at a game. Um, yeah, yeah. So like no pressure. Uh, part of part of the reason why he wanted to be with the Raiders. He talked about that as he has a bunch of family that's never been able to go to a game. So I bet he's going to try to show. You're telling me that this young man, is <laughs> in the National Football League and has made millions of dollars. Never been like, hey, did you need a plane ticket? You can't just Green Bay have him stay at your place in Green Bay for a week. Like, what the hell? Yeah, but, the yeah maybe it's just his grandparents are older and they don't want to travel very far. Who knows what it is? But um, it'll be cool to for him to have that. But yeah, I expect him to have a big week. Cars projected two eighty seven point five. That's pretty high. But the Cardinals' defense did not play good last week. Their secondary is particularly weak. Actually, they have uh, one of the Raiders' corners, Trayvon Mullen, as one of their starting corners. I believe he missed last week, though, so we'll see if he plays. I would fire Carr up as a QB1 this week, probably low in QB1. He could uh, has a opportunity to finish a little bit better than that. Adams, though, yeah, you fire him up, especially in PPR. You know he's going to catch those passes. What about Hunter Renfro? Because he played 83% of snaps last week, only six targets, three for 21. He's going to have some of these dud games in him, but six targets is still not bad. We playing him as like a wide receiver three in PPR three. this week. Flags. Yeah, slides and down. It's like maybe three. yeah, it's like maybe he's more like a low end three or like a high end four or like a flex kind of guy because we still have Darren Waller here, six targets, four for seventy nine, four catches for seventy nine. Um, he's going to continue to stay involved. So I would say Adams wide receiver one, Waller tight end one, Renfro's the one who kind of gets hurt in the receiving shuffle, and then that's kind of all the the guys you're playing in the receiving game. Um, Back what do we think of? Well, yeah, I was like, what do we think of Josh Jacobs? So, because Bolden, I believe, is considered doubtful. So, consider him out. Uh, Abdullah did play a little bit, only caught one target. 
Josh Jacobs, only one target last week, only 10 carries. A little concerning in week one. I don't know. I think that we're going to bank on his usage over the course of his career to kind of bounce back for week two. But he's someone that if I don't see it from him this week, I'm going to start getting nervous. I'm assuming Samir White's going to play more this week since Brandon Bolden is going to be out. Um, that is not for sure. But uh, if that happens, Zamir White could potentially start to overtake this backfield. Now that's like a pipe dream, but uh, I still think that Josh Jacobs has juice and I think he'll do okay this week and have some bounce back. Gee, I hope so. Cause uh, I don't know. I got him in a couple leagues and I, I, he's making me nervous. And I knew he'd be one of those risky. He was kind of going in that running back dead zone, so to speak. Yeah. And so far, not a good week one, but I think there's a chance for bounce back in week two. Um, all right, next game, 1-0 Chicago Bears at the 0-1 Green Bay Packers. That feels weird to say. Um, looks like it's going to be a little windy this game. Justin Fields projected for 196 and a half passing. Yes. I don't know if you guys saw what uh, Mike Martz, former Rams head coach, former Bears offensive coordinator, he made a couple comments about Justin Fields and Trey Lance this week, and he did not like either of them, but he particularly talked trash about Justin Fields, saying he basically wasn't able to do anything. Now, as we've said several times, that was a really rainy game, but I've seen other guys play better in the rain. I'm kind of giving him a pen, uh, giving him a pass, giving him the benefit of the doubt. But 196 and a half, I guess Green Bay's got a good defense, so... I mean, I let's, pretty be, low. let's be fair here, though. This this wasn't a rainy game that Fields played against the Niners. This was this was a pouring rain. The last time we had yeah. a game that was this bad, it was the San Francisco 49ers versus, at the time, the Washington football team. And same thing. You just you had you had guys that were using that field as a slip and slide. Yeah, Fields did not have good numbers last last week. Uh, only completed eight passes, 17 attempts. Did carry the ball 11 times, but only 28 yards. It's just hard to really gleam anything out of that with the weather conditions. So, yeah, you kind of just have to, you know, if, if you're really high on Justin Fields, hey, fire him up. I'm right. not really – I haven't been high on Justin Fields in redraft. Dynasty it could be a different conversation, but uh, I'm not – firing up Justin Fields this week against the Packers. It's a veteran defense. They've got a lot of good players. They're still going against Aaron Rodgers, too. They lost Packers lost week one. You know they're going to want to put the pedal to the metal, and they usually do against the Bears. I'm just kind of adding all this up, and it looks like if Justin Fields has to start throwing to get ahead in this game. It's not going to look good. Darnell Mooney is the, the top pass catcher there, and uh, caught one pass for eight yards last week on three targets. Only 90% of snaps played. Now, again, all the receivers are playing in that sloppy game, but just nobody stood out here. Like, nobody stood right. out here. Cole Komet, one target, didn't catch a pass. Uh, Equanimous St. Brown, he's not even fantasy relevant, caught one pass for 18 yards. Byron Pringle, one pass for 22 yards. All these passes seem like they went into the running backs, and David Montgomery, 17 carries. 26 yards it's average of 1.53 per carry that's like one of the worst i've seen i mean it was it was it was that many yards per swimming attempt I don't, yeah I don't know well khalil herbert nine carries for 45 yards had the touchdown he's a better you know, swimmer but, i don't know which but even for. i guess so like i just i don't know i'd say this i'm basically out on every chicago 
quarterback, pass catcher. I'm not even playing Mooney. I'm not even playing Komet. Um, those so are just – Okay, so here's the question. Wait. We're talking about Justin Fields as somebody who's probably towards the bottom barrel of quarterbacks in this league, rightfully so. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you starting Fields or Mac Jones? Hmm. Against Pittsburgh. I think that I would narrowly Justin take. Fields. I think I would narrowly take Mac Jones. Okay, but okay. I don't like either of those options. <laughs> Justin Fields or Mitch Trubisky. I think I would probably take Trubisky. I think I'd take Trubisky. Fields has got if he's not at the very bottom of the quarterback rankings this week, he's like there's there's only like maybe one or two guys lower than him. And just glancing at it, thinking about it, I can't even really think of someone. Like even Geno Smith against San Francisco, I'll take that over Justin Fields. Right. Justin Fields might literally be my last three quarterback against Seattle. So it's there are there are people to play, but it's just Justin Fields is in this really murky sense of like, do you play him? Do you not play him? Give it a shot. I don't know. I think you you're just, in a position and, to where he's the guy that you're struggling to choose between. You're probably not having a good time. And the well, truth d- is, guys, I'm not having a good time. Do I start Justin Fields or Mr. <sighs> <D? laughs> yeah, I was saying, one quarterback league, Fields shouldn't be on your radar. So we're probably focusing on two quarterback super flex leagues at this point. I'd probably rather have Trubisky over Fields. Um, I think Fields just might be the, the worst right. the worst play of the week of, out of the quarterbacks. And then Montgomery... I mean, even he split, you know, split some time with Khalil Herbert. Herbert had nine carries. Montgomery had seventeen. He did, uh, Montgomery was a little more involved in the pass game. So Montgomery maybe is like a low end RB two because if he's getting the touches, perhaps he gets a touchdown. Herbert got it last week. Um, well, gee, let's let's say this. Okay, so Montgomery's projected forty five and a half rushing yards. Um, let's say let's actually just say the sixty six and a half. Combined rushing and receiving yards over or under for David Montgomery. I gotta take the under probably. It, the offense doesn't look promising, and going up against Green Bay, who lost last week, looking to bounce back, who's a better team than that. I think Green Bay is just gonna spit them up, chew them up, and spit them out. I think he could hit the over on the yards, but nah, just a low upside option here. I wouldn't be doing it. Khalil Herbert, just a stash. Just keep waiting. Um, he's not usable yet. On the other side, we have Aaron Rodgers, who, hey, last year they got skunked by the Saints in week one. Yeah, they are losing to the Vikings in week one. I would assume that we expect a big bounce back from Aaron Rodgers this week, right, Mike? Yeah. Especially because uh, he's getting Alan Lazard back, too. Well, beyond getting a Lazard bag, I think it's important that when a shareholder shows up, that you treat him right. <laughs> That's right. Because Aaron Rodgers owns the Bears. <laughs> uh, honestly, beyond anything else, I do think this is a get-right game for Aaron Rodgers. Uh, there's, there's just not a lot going on that's impressive for Chicago. They got the win over a bad, in my personal opinion, a bad 49ers team in a bad uh, weather game, not super impressive. Aaron Rodgers is a good quarterback. Even if he's got some guys that struggle to catch the ball, he's going to, he drops dimes. He drops it in the bucket. Even if he doesn't get Lazard, all the yards in the world, 
you got probably one of my favorite one-two punch combos on the running back side. Oh, of course. Like Green Bay might have the best one-two uh, combo. Uh, Cleveland sticks out to me, I guess, too. There's a couple of teams yeah. with good running backs, but Packers between Jones and Dylan, I expect them to uh, both get their fair share of touches. Aaron Rodgers is projected for 249 and a half. I just think that the whole offense is going to do good. I don't really see a lot of receivers here with high overs like Alan Lazard. I guess he's not out of the woods. He's listed as questionable, but he's been uh, practicing the last few days, so I expect him to uh, play here in week two. But he's only projected 38 and a half. I don't see anybody else projected for anything. I think that the people setting these betting lines are a little nervous. But 250 or 249 and a half, I bet that Aaron Rodgers breaks that this week against the Bad Bears team. And then Aaron Jones, he's projected 56 and a half rush yards. AJ Dillon, 51 and a half. I, I'd hit the over on, I think I'd hit the over on AJ Dillon's. 51 and a half rush yards. This is a, t- a game where they should get ahead and then just grind it out there towards the end. So AJ Dillon, even if he's only 10, like what didn't Dillon do this last week? Like 10 carries, I was going to say 40 or 50 yards, you know, yeah, 45 and a touchdown, but he had six targets, caught five of them. Um, I don't think he'll have as many targets, but in terms of his rushing attempts could be similar. Aaron Jones should be in for a bounce back week. He only had eight touches last week, five carries and then three catches. Um, I will take the over on A.J. Dillon's rushing. I would probably not take the over on Aaron Jones's because I think he could be a little more of a receiver too. But both of them are, yeah, I think strong RB2s this week against a bad team. What do you think, G? Yeah, I'd agree. Uh, I'll be starting Aaron Jones in our listener league this week. Expecting, um, you know, kind of more of a bounce back from last week to have a little stronger numbers rather than 10 points. Um, so I think he will finish as a receiver, or I'm sorry, running back too. But A.J. Dillon, I do think he's going to get more running yards, like you said, um, but they just cap each other's kind of upside a little too much still. And, uh, yeah, that's... Yeah, if any of these guys got hurt or something happened during the year, like jones or dylan becomes a top five running back play every week but their floors are really high too it's just a good healthy offense they both have a role here something about aj dylan i mentioned he had six targets like he used to be a guy like standard only don't play him in ppr he's got ppr appeal now like you know six targets in the first week we heard about that in camp that he was getting better at doing that so i'm good with that um anyone else from the packers worth starting i guess the only one maybe would be robert tunyon he did not have a great week this past week but you know did get see five targets only played about a third of the snap so i think that's just like he's he's still kind of coming back from that knee injury a little bit but yeah he's um, he's too close to the to the acl tear for me personally to want to take the chance on him not saying he's out for the future but for right now it's uh he's in that same category as chris godwin for me where not enough time has passed i'm still concerned so starting him yeah. is not something i'm super interested in Unless well, Godwin's, Godwin's got the hamstring he's dealing with now, too. I was going to say, um, I don't know if I'd compare like their situations, but I, I guess as Robert Tunney's probably more like just stash him on the end of your roster as your, your right. second tight end and wait till he his, his role grows. Um, but like for this week, like he's not a bad streaming option. I was going to say, we talked about Hayden Hurst earlier. So who would you rather have, Tunyon or Hurst? Hurst. I think for me, it's Hayden Hurst. What about you, Garrett? Um, I might take old Bob Tunyon here. 
It's close it's to me. Close. It's close. I think that uh, I'll take Hurst just because the snaps are there, but Tenyon, I I like more over the course of the season. I'll say for me, that. like I said, it's just I need you to prove that you're back from a knee injury before I'm willing to start. It has oh, nothing yeah. to do with whether it was a good, bad, anything like that. Fortunate truth is he tore an ACL. I got to see him be productive the way he was before I buy in. Right. All right, yep, I would say that too. And I think the rest of these guys, Sammy Watkins, Christian Watson, Romeo Doves, like they're just shot in the darks. Yeah, like DFS. You're not starting any of these guys in your in your fantasy leagues. If you are, you're you're very desperate. There is a, a helpline that you can call. So yeah, just to clarify that Chicago Green Bay game, that's the Sunday night football game. This is that weird week where we have two Monday night football games here in week two. So the first one starts at 4.15, and that is the Tennessee Titans at the Buffalo Bills, the 0-1 Titans at the 1-0 Bills. We know about the Bills being the Rams last week. The Titans lost a nail-biter to the New York Giants. That was kind of surprising. Garrett, we see the Titans bouncing back this week against the Bills. It's not exactly the best matchup, and it is in Buffalo. Yeah, it's going to be a tough one here uh, for the boys in Tennessee. Uh, Buffalo is a tough team. They have to travel to Buffalo. So I am not a believer in in them beating Buffalo, not the offense. Um, Now, I still think we're going to play Derrick Henry. and Firing him up. And just to clarify – so his backup, Dontrell Hilliard, caught two touchdowns last week. That's um, flukish. Yeah, very fluky. But more than anything, um, he missed Thursday and Friday practices with a hamstring injury. So if you were thinking about getting cute and putting him out there, thinking he's going to steal a touchdown, probably not this week. He doesn't even look likely to play. Yeah, don't be cute. Be ugly. <laughs> So, yeah, Derrick Henry should be locked in Derrick to Henry, one yeah. of the best roles. He had 21 carries last week. He did not do, you know, he finishes as the number 46 running back, probably because he doesn't score a touchdown, doesn't catch any passes. So 21 carries, 82 yards, that's 3.9 yards per carry. It's not good, but it's not awful. Those, You know, the, the high volume is good to see, 21 touches on the ground. Um, bounce back week probably in for him even against Buffalo. But they're everyone else I'm kind of shying away from, like even Robert Woods. Yeah, Robert Woods was uh that was very surprising for me. Play, one played seventy one percent of snaps, but only two targets, caught one pass for thirteen. That didn't like that. But no one from the Titans really stuck out to me. Like even Traylon Burks, who caught three for fifty five, only played about a third of the snaps. They didn't have really their, expect uh... much from him anyways, though. So I mean, I don't I we gotta lean Ryan Tannehill under this week, right? What's his 218 and a half. I think he will probably be the under against Buffalo. This is not a good week. I'd say just avoid all of your Close. Titans receivers. Uh, you should not be rostering Austin Hooper or playing him at all. So basically it's uh Derrick Henry or bust this week. Even Robert Woods needs to be on your bench. Yeah. hundred, hundred percent. And you're only starting Ryan Tannehill. If you have to in the two, like super flex league. league, something like that. Yeah. Like you really shouldn't be. So let's move on to, to a team. Guy. That's going to put up some points. Yeah, Mike, why don't you take this one? I didn't mean to like hog up a lot of this Titans conversation. There's just ain't a whole lot to say. The Buffalo's kind of yeah. a different story. They got a lot to talk about. So Josh Allen, uh, let me pull up his full numbers because yeah, he's projected 266 and a half passing, 40 and a half rushing. That's not bad. Um, I think he can hit the over on the passing. They may not need to though. They might just out physical him, just run the fucking ball. What do you think? 
Uh, Josh Allen does football uh, good, I believe. Uh, mm-hmm. Josh Allen went in there and thrashed the LA Rams. I mean, I'm, I know that's your team, Casey. That's uh, all right. But the truth is, Josh Allen went in there with a statement. This was the same defense the Rams, for the most part, played with last year. And he went in there and just cut them up. I expect that he's well, the Bills had Von Miller on their side. That's that was a big, big uh, difference. But we had Bobby yeah. Wagner. The pass rush heat though was was felt. Right. Yeah. It, was, it was a very similar defense. Uh, maybe maybe this was Super Bowl hangover. Maybe it wasn't you know the the LA Rams that we're going to see for the rest of the year. But I think for me the point is that Josh Allen went in there and he thrashed a far better team last week than he's going to look at this week. I think if if you got guys that on Buffalo that you can start that are, are main names, Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, Gabe Davis, uh, Dawson Knox, maybe, maybe Dawson Knox, fire them up. They're, they're going to get some catches, some passes, some touchdowns. I expect this to be a heater of a game for Josh Allen. Yeah, he should have another solid game. He only missed on five attempts last week. He did throw two interceptions there. One of them was not really his fault. It was, um, I forget who it was who caught it from Buffalo or was catching it, but he basically didn't complete the catch and allowed the Rams to intercept it. And then the other one might have been Josh Allen's fault, but he played a pretty clean game. Um, the It was excellent on the ground. He actually played a little more, um, or ran the ball a little more than we saw last year. So 10 carries for 56 yards, I believe, and a rushing touchdown. Um, yeah, it could be a good game this week. T- Tennessee tends to be a physical defense, so they might need a guy like Josh Allen to you know, push one in there at the goal line. Yeah, I could say fire up Stephon Diggs. It's over under 72 and a half. I will take the right. over. Gabe Davis is 57 and a half. Over. Over. Just hop on the gosh darn train. Okay, I'll give him. I'll give him the over. I'm not buying into him all season. Hey, come long. on, man! It could jump on, <laughs> jump on the Gaby train, man. Gabe oh, Davis train. Not ready yet. Isaiah McKenzie caught a touchdown last week, but hey, I don't what's think that Zach there's Moss's a whole... numbers. Um, he played 37 percent of snaps last week. Six carries for 15 yards. Big thing was he had six targets, caught all six for 21. Now. Devin Singletary was on the field for about 60% of snaps, did not get as many uh, targets. I think part of the reason Moss got so many targets, though, was because James Cook, I believe in the first or early second quarter, his first touch, he fumbled, and he's supposed to be the passing down back. So the fact that he was in the game tells me that they were planning on using him. But The fact that he didn't come back into the game after that tells me that he was getting punished. So Zach Moss at... Best is the passing down back. At worst, seems to be the backup passing down back. Right. Well, Zach Moss did play before James Cook in that game, and I know that they both fumbled. But um, I was just more, I was more curious about is rushing or over under numbers or do they oh, give? Um, probably they not give one, for him. They don't give it for Moss. Singletary's got forty four and a half rush yards. What do you what do you think on that one? Forty four and a half. I would take the over probably just by sheer luck. Well, I mean, that brings up a good point though. What this is, a, this is a weird team in the league, in my opinion, because usually in the realm of fantasy football, the better a team is overall, the more interested we are in their running backs. 
You know, we want guys that are going to be in red zone positions. That's not this team. That's not this running back core. I mean, is there anybody that you're actually confident in starting, even in a flex spot? I mean, Singletary, I am. I'll play Singletary. I'm still, I'm still, you guys are down on Davis. I'm up on Singletary still. I know he didn't have the uh, greatest stat line week one. Singletary, 48 rush yards, two catches for 14 yards. I think there will be better opportunities there. Six yards of carry on his rushing. He was efficient. Um, I think it was just kind of a weird game against the Rams and, they will continue to establish the run as the season goes along. So Singletary, maybe not an RB2, but he's a high in flex for me. I got to uh, stand against you on that, buddy. Uh, I, res- I respect I respect your position on it, but I just – I don't see him being super valuable on the roster. He's he's more questions than he has answers. Well, we're going to find out. Yeah, he had a, a mixed bag in week one. He's got a, a tough matchup against Tennessee, theoretically. But, Absolutely. yeah, he's the one that I still think that out of that backfield ends up uh, being worth something in fantasy. Um, I kind of mentioned mm. Isaiah McKenzie For RB2, earlier. RB2, I'll take it. Yeah, I call him a flex. I mean, flex. Josh Allen is the RB1. So let's be yeah, right. Yeah, that's that's what that's true. Um. Isaiah McKenzie, so caught a touchdown last week. I don't think there's a whole lot to see here. Split a lot of snaps with Jamison Crowder um, and that that slot role. So we got to continue just keep an eye on that. Um, you didn't mention Dawson Knox. Kind of put him in that same ter- territory. I think this is a more um, appropriate comparison to Hayden Hurst. Like, good quarterback, like the third or fourth option in the receiving game. Um touchdown dependent probably he he'll have his chances this year he just got paid on an extension but you know he played 86 percent of snaps against the rams and then only had two targets caught one of them that's going to be a pretty pretty low end game for him um i'm certainly not plugging him in as my starting tight end and feeling great but i think you could stream him and be all right dawson knox is going to be lucky to do what he did last year a 55 yard touchdown bomb and then he'll fade into the distance gee what do you think Mm -hmm. Yeah, he'll probably disappoint me like he always does. <laughs> yeah, like I just don't even roster him anymore. Like it's it's not that he's a bad hooker. player. He's just I've I've paid for him at one point in dynasty leagues and it didn't work out. And so just got a sour taste in my mouth. All right. Yeah, well not let's, fun. Let's uh move on to the last Monday night game. This one starts at five thirty, and this one is the one and Minnesota Vikings against the one and Philadelphia Eagles. This is one of the more I think this will be one of the more entertaining games of the of the week. Both of these teams I... surprised last week, played playing surprisingly well. Uh, Reds Vikings got Kirk Cousins projected for two eighty and a half. That's a lot, but the Eagles did just give up thirty five points to the Lions last week, so maybe that's not completely crazy to consider. Kirk Cousins. Uh, last week, he threw for 277 and two touchdowns against Green Bay, which is a pretty good defense. So there's a chance he could have a better game. Seems like they're projecting him for one. He is probably a, yeah, a low-end quarterback one for me this week. Yeah, I could see that. I like this game um, to be high-scoring potentially. Yeah, I think it could be. Um, so you could fire up Kirk Cousins as like a streaming QB1. Um, if he's your backup, then great. Um, if for some reason you got stuck with Dak Prescott and then Kirk Cousins was your backup, you should be just fine. Uh, Justin Jefferson projected 98 and a half receiving yards. 
I think that he could be the new Cooper Cup this year. They targeted him 11 times and caught nine of them for 184 and two touchdowns. So the volume, you know, is going to be there and the efficiency. He's one of the best receivers in the league. So you expect that he'll be efficient when he does get get the targets. So the high volume targets will help just that much more. Mike, you think he can hit the over on that 98 and a half this week? Probably. I mean, that's a high number to hit. That's a high number. For this game, it's just it really feels like Justin Jefferson is going to be on display again. Yep. But Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown proved that they got a connection out there. So I just I want to see both of these guys go absolutely fucking nuts. That'd be here's, fun to watch. Here's, a, here's probably a better question. We're talking about Justin Jefferson, and we kind of know what to expect from him. Adam Thielen was not great last week, though. He's been pretty good over the course of his career, particularly in the red zone. So I still have faith in him. But last week, played almost every snap. Four targets, three catches for 36 yards. When you play that many snaps, like, I'm confident. I saw this happen with Robert Woods last year, too. Had a clunker of a game here and there. But he should be fine. Um, I'm talking about Robert Woods because, again, Vikings head coach came over from the Rams, so I'm kind of looking at Thielen in that role. So Thielen is projected 49.5 receiving yards. So this is probably the better question, over or under on Thielen, 49.5. I'll take that over for a bounce back this week. I am going to take the over out of respect for Thielen, but I won't be shocked if he hits the under. Yeah, I think he's going to be right in this range. Yeah. 40 to 60 receiving yards, but I think he'll be a better bet for a touchdown this week. So yeah, I, um, if he just misses out on the yards, he can be, he can still be valuable to you. Yeah. You can't count him out. He's been a sturdy receiver in this league for a long time. So it's, I, I want to say he'll hit the under, but just out of respect for the football player that he is, he, I think he has a significant chance to hit the over. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt, too. Yeah. I'll, I'll give him the over this week. It's close, but I'll give it to him. They have KJ Osborne, um, actually. Shut up. 33 and a half, but he's someone that, yeah, you don't want to be playing him just yet. We talked Are about him picking the under on that one. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We talked about him preseason being potentially worthwhile. He played almost, uh, well, he actually did play over two thirds of the snaps, but didn't do a whole lot with him. He's the clear number three pass option. And then you still got Dalvin Cook sitting there too. So Dalvin Cook is projected 70 and a half rush yards. Um, I would say he's he was projected 93 and a half total yards. He's one of those workhorse guys that could totally do it. So I expect to see it out of him. Last week he had 23 touches, did good on the ground, didn't do as much in the air, but um, I would say 70 and a half rush yards. I think you can hit the over on that. The total yards, maybe not, but fire him up as an RB1 this week. And uh, you don't need to really be second-guessing that. Yeah. The only one that, you know, I guess the other guy that's worth mentioning here is Irv Smith, and he's droppable. He maybe wasn't drafted in your leagues anyway, but came back and is, you know, had that thumb injury he was dealing with towards the end of camp. Comes back, plays less than a third of snaps, two targets, no catches, done. Already, We already thought he would kind of get that what Tyler Higby has typically been for the Rams the last several years and week one seems to be proving us right. So steer clear of Irv Smith. Um, yeah, I wouldn't, he, I wouldn't want any of that fun. Yeah. So Mike, you were talking about the Jalen Hurts to AJ Brown connection and Jalen Hurts last week finishes as a number five fantasy quarterback. 
Did not throw a touchdown, did not throw an interception, threw for 300 or 243 yards. However, 17 carries, 90 rush yards, and a touchdown against Detroit. I think that this is, other than Lamar Jackson, this is probably like the highest volume runner at quarterback in the league. So you know that's going to raise his floor. He is projected for... 235 and a half pass yards, but they are expecting 49 and a half rush yards. Let's talk about the rush yards. 49 and a half so over under. I think it's going to be the over because it's he had actually 94 rushing yards, but he had some uh, victory formations. Oh, yeah. In game. So uh, each one of those takes a few yards off your totals. I, um, this is the Jalen Hurts that we were like, everybody who was a Jalen Hurts truther said this was going to be the Jalen Hurts that we got. Uh, guy was out there slinging the ball to A.J. Brown in a big way. But yeah. at the end of the day, he didn't throw that touchdown. All he needed was that touchdown to really set him apart. Uh, but he got that rushing touchdown. And, and this is going to be the Jalen Hurts that we see. He's going to throw that ball down the field, get you to the five-yard line, and then they're the Eagles, they're gonna turn around and they're gonna rush it in from the five, four, three yard line. Yeah, uh, you, you I will absolutely start Jalen Hurts every week until this proves to be false. Yeah, he finished the season as a high end QB one last year, and I think that he's just kind of right back on track with the rushing stuff. You, you did mention uh AJ Brown a couple of times. So Jalen Hurts only threw the ball 32 times, it's not a whole lot. The 13 of those targets went to A.J. Brown. I just did the math real fast. It's like 40% of the targets in this game went to A.J. Brown. Uh, A.J. Brown catches 10 of them for 155. Doesn't even catch a touchdown, but finishes as the number eight receiver in fantasy this week. So as long as that connection's there, A.J. Brown could be a wide receiver one. I think he got drafted more as like a high-end wide receiver two. But if this connection stays true, then that's – gonna look great now on the other a lot of volume say, lot doesn't of... look good for Devonte smith though who played the whole game 96 percent of snaps four targets didn't catch anything i was a little worried about him going into the year like you know he's kind of the secondary guy now he dealt dealt with an injury in camp too i don't think that that was what held him back because he played the whole game well four and a you, half for... i think it's a fluke or float Say that again. I'm sorry. You said he's. Was this was this a fluke or is he flunking out? Uh, I think that this is going to be more of a sign of things to see. Like obviously, he should bounce back from a catchless game. Right. But I'm looking at his over under right here at 44 and a half receiving yards, and I'm like taking the under here. And AJ Brown's at 71 and a half. I'd be hitting the over. So. Yeah, I don't know. I don't like what it looks like for Devontae Smith right now. First round pick from a year ago, they even traded up to go get him, but then they traded all these assets for Brown. If it's going to be a low volume passing game, looks like those targets are going to Brown. And then you still got Dallas Garter. You got to feed. He finishes the number 14 tight end this week, four catch or four targets, three catches for 60 yards. Yeah. yeah. Devontae Smith might be the number three pass option and a low volume, low volume thing, uh, low volume passing offense. So I don't know, man, I'd be, I wouldn't, I would not start him this week. He's probably was drafted as like a wide receiver three. Mm-hmm. I would not start him anything higher than your flex spot. And that'd even be risking it a little bit for me. Um, I just don't like the outlook for him. It just looks like they're leaning on AJ Brown. What do you think G? 
I, yeah, it's tough um, to put too much stock into Devontae Smith. You said Jalen Hurts's uh, passing was like 240. Ish. He's two thirty-five and a half for this yeah. uh, for this week. Um, so there's potential for him to get like maybe ten points, something like that. Well, Better hope he catches, catches a touchdown. Yeah, you're gonna need a touchdown or something. Maybe a yeah. long touchdown. Yeah, there's just it. It's not the best situation. Um, and AJ Brown's there ahead of him, so uh, risk risk to reward. Yeah, and I think Goddard. I think if this is going to be viable, Devontae Smith needs to push into that that uh, T Higgins sort of uh, Brandon Ayuk uh, realm where he's viable even when AJ Brown puts up 120 yards in the first half. We didn't see that this week, so until he can show that he can be that guy that gets three, four, five catches for 70 yards. I don't think you can start him. I don't think I'm comfortable starting him. Yeah, I don't think I'd be doing it either. Uh, I think I'd, uh, I would bet that Goddard is the number two receiving option there too. So you can still trot him out as your starting tight end. Smith is glued to my bench until further notice. Um, let's wrap it up though with the running backs because Miles Sanders was surprisingly like effective. He played 52% of snaps about half the game. 13 carries, 96 yards, catches a touchdown, doesn't really do much in the air, catches two passes for nine yards. But this is that theory being kind of proven true again of the running quarterbacks tend to make things easier for a running back. Um, So when you get 13 carries for 96 yards, um, he had the rushing touchdown too. We do the bonus for going over 100 rushing yards, 100 receiving yards, all that stuff too. So he's just a couple points, a couple yards away from missing out on that. If he's going to be as efficient as he was on half the snaps, I was down on Miles Sanders going into this. Right. I think I was saying like I did barely even consider him a flex, but if these are going to be the kind of numbers and and you know you, you look at Gainwell and you look at Boston Scott, each of them scored a touchdown, but Boston Scott plays eighteen percent of snaps, Gainwell plays thirty, you know Sanders was the one who played o- over. He plays fifty two, so it seems like Sanders to clear lead back. They gave him enough carries on the ground to where you know hey you're going to get twelve to fifteen touches a game. That to me could be mid low to mid rb2 like i think his floor is kind of like low rb2 but he's got an opportunity to be better than that jalen hurts will still steal some touches and some goal line touches too so that's where he doesn't have that elite usage but sanders going into this week we'll call him an rb2 like a low rb2 until i see a little more yeah i think that's fair um i'm not in on boston scott and trey sermon it's yeah, he got scooped anything. up. He's not gonna play. Yeah, so he's not even a threat either. Um, so I'm, I'd be good with Ron with Miles Sanders. I think that um, he gets that interesting dynamic, and uh, he told people to put some respect on his name this season. So let's see. Perhaps what happens. it's time. <laughs> <laughs> it could All right. Be. Well, that wraps up our uh, final episode for week two preview. We will be back probably Sunday morning to do the Twitter spaces, which if you're not familiar, it's essentially a live stream, but audio only. So we'll be there kind of like stardom, sit questions, last minute injuries, 
Uh, if you have any questions, find us on Twitter. Um, you can still hit us up on Facebook and other social media. If you have any other questions you want us to answer and we'll do our best to get, you know, get you that answer ASAP. Um, keep listening on iTunes, Spotify, whatever it is that you're listening on. Make sure you drink your milk, fellas, especially this weekend. Make sure you drink your coffee, drink your beers. And until Sunday, we'll see you guys next time. All right. Peace. Drink your milk. Peace.